Hello, nerds, and welcome to the Superhero Hour Hour, the only podcast in podcasting history that rates and reviews every single television show that is live action based on a comic book or comic book property. Wow, you did it! Which includes Gotham, even more (laughs) than Fear the Walking Dead. Or as it's dumb that we've never brought up Gotham. Gotham is the perfect example. Here's characters you sort of know from comics. Or the real one I think that's going to be going to become the perfect example is Alfred. Yeah. Alfred. Yeah, oh, yeah. that's going to be that's the show that's like this is getting crazy. If that works, then I can't wait to see what the next step when is. When that works. When that works. I'm yeah. your host for the evening, Mike. Taylor's daddy's locked in your basement. You should go check that. With me as always, you've heard him as Greg. I have a general rule, never go into an attic or a basement. So you're gonna find a body. Yeah, just you just stay in the middle of the house, the part that's above ground but not too high. I don't go past foyers. <laughs> Legally, I'm not allowed to go in. I guess nobody's allowed to go in anybody's house till they're invited, right? <laughs> no, it's you're thinking of vampire. vampire <laughs> <laughs> and then our vampire expert, Ryan. Okay, so right off the bat, I hear a lot of Taylor animosity. Like, first of all, we know he's not dead. He just didn't want to be here tonight, and you're declaring that him dead. And then you're hello nerds. It feels like you're in a heated competition There's right no now. Anima- I tried to put just so much joy in my voice. It seemed like you were going for the crown. Yeah. Ryan and I looked at each other, and it was like, whoa, can you believe the chutzpah? And we're not in Hello Nerds competition season, so you can't get the belt right now. Yeah. You know, you got to wait till March. I'm just happy to be considered and and to be able no, to No, we're telling you nobody's allowed. considering. No, you're not being you're not considered. considered. You're specifically I was considered when producer Dave said, I don't fucking know. Taylor's not here. You do it. I don't think that's, that's not considered. That's just your classic Dave mess around. Yeah. But I did it. That's just him foisting it And I wanted, to, I wanted to hold the, the Taylor sets that bar so high. He that does. I, I, wanted to, I wanted to meet it as, as well as I could. I've, it, I've, seen, it. I've seen Taylor ask producer Dave questions, and producer Dave will respond, I don't know, Taylor's not here, you figure it out. Yeah. He this, doesn't know what's I don't going on. he knows on. who who is. He doesn't know which one of us. <laughs> he calls me Taylor all the time. That's why if you see me in a particularly good mood, it's because he just called me Taylor. I guess you shouldn't just like take your janitor, throw a tie on him, and say, you're a producer. And he goes, this is my first day. That's a good way to like discern between the four of us, is if you're called Taylor... How like how well do you take that? Yeah. Yeah. Is it a great compliment? Is it a terrible insult? Well, he's Taylor slumps when you say yeah. Taylor. Uh, it's worse for him. Why do I gotta be Taylor? <laughs> he does seem the least enthused about Taylor of anybody I've ever met. He's done it. He's been it. That's sad. Uh, is somebody it. else gonna bring us the the showbread? Today? Oh fuck showbread! Yeah, when Taylor hosted and you were gone, there was showbread, delicious bread that he made. So yeah. should I have brought snacks? We have showbread, which is supposed to be the flesh of Ollie, and then show wine, which is the blood of Barry. That's how <laughs> these rituals work. I have show wine in my car. It's been in the car for a while, but it's there. We, I, but drinking's not allowed during the show. So. Right, yeah. dry bread. county. It's Dry County when we hit record. <laughs> as soon as you drive into town, it says no podcasting while drinking. If you sound at like the thirty minute mark of our podcast, if we sound drunk, you're drunk. All yeah. right, listener, you're the one that's and drunk. And you are definitely also driving. So <laughs> fucking shape up. People who listen to podcasts not driving. What the fuck is what is going on with their life? Chores. Right? Yeah. I'm for me it's doing the dishes, cleaning up my kitchen. I do all that while driving. You do that while driving yeah. at the same time. Well, that's you. You multitask very well. My car has everything, including the kitchen sink. That's you bragging about living in an RV again. <laughs> and the thing is, Greg, you can just park it in a in a parking lot overnight. Well, I don't like. Is he's going to turn to pitching that we should also buy RVs? Yeah, it's some fucking RV pyramid scheme. No, no, no. We can't all afford RVs. We can all pitch in on mine and live in my RV. <laughs> so we all get to live there too. Uh huh. The wife and kids are going to be happy with that. Yeah. How do you guys feel about Walmart parking lots? 
I'm into it. Are you into it? Yeah, the things you'll see. <laughs> if you think inside of Walmart is crazy. I just went to a Walmart, and man, everybody had just this terrible look on their At the same time, everybody's like, we're at Walmart. There's no one who's like, yes! You know? I'm the trenches. You get close to those people. <laughs> it's like somebody put a building around Skid Row. That's essentially what it is. <laughs> 2 p.m. Walmart is its own thing. 2 a.m. Walmart parking yes. lot is... Whew, it's going down. When War did, zone. When did all the RVers decide to... Because they don't have the internet. Like, How did they all tell each other that Walmart parking lots are going to be the place to be? I think Walmart kind of let it be known that they weren't going to make a big deal out of it. It's any big department type store, your Walmarts, your Kmarts, your Sam's Clubs, your Targets. Your uh, S-Marts? Your, your S-Marts, lest we not forget. Big uh, lots. Your your big lots, your pick and saves. <laughs> if we keep naming things, you'll never finish this point. <laughs> you uh, When you go right before the slide, not the, the, the doors that are mechanically open, the ones you have to open yourself, <laughs> there's runes carved in by RVers that let you know if this is a good parking lot or not to stay in. That's true. It's in Thieves' Camp. They yeah. Have, yeah, the market. Like, this guy will give you a pie. These guys have a gun. You'll get chased off by the cops here. Dishonest person. Mike, you sound not like an RV person, but you come from RV people. Yes. <laughs> like you escaped from your RV rumspringer or something. I've, I've grown, yeah. We all get a year out, and then some <laughs> people go back, and I decided, no. The thing is, even though they're the ones with wheels, they couldn't find me, because RVs can't go on a lot of roads. I just. <laughs> when you got into your first apartment, did you just keep looking for the steering wheel? Like, yes. How do we get this house on the, the move? The bed was hard to find. I kept trying to climb on top of the sink. <laughs> Sleep in your kitchen? <laughs> But those are where plates go. <laughs> also, plates that are not paper, you guys. It's huge. See, and like plates go in a certain place in a house or an apartment, but nothing goes anywhere. Like, don't let people tell you where to put stuff in your RV. Yeah. You do whatever you want. Yeah, you sleep you. wherever, plates go wherever. And based on cartoons I've seen, there's a good chance if you're going like around a mountain pass too quickly, all the plates will go out the window, but then they'll come back in like a different yeah. window or something. Well, make sure both sides' windows are open mm. if you want yeah. those plates back. Otherwise, they just slam against the window and you look like a fucking idiot. And no matter how many times you see those plates go out, you never, you never know for sure they're going to come back. You freak out the same amount every <laughs> time. But it depends on who's driving. There's always the older guy who's like, I got it. This <laughs> is more of a trailer thing, but have you guys made the climb from trailer to car? Have you guys done the Oh, while well, it's walk? moving yeah. along? Only to unclip them as a hilarious prank yeah. of friends. Or because you're doing a heist and you're yeah. stealing somebody's trailer while they drive. This is my ATV now. <laughs> Whenever I ask you guys a hypothetical question, I mean aside from heist. Uh-huh. Like the okay. amount of heist that we go on, we right. can't keep bringing that up. Uh, yeah. Once I was on a trailer and then I unhooked it as it went around a bend and then there was a sea dew on the trailer and the trailer went into a river and then I drove the sea dew up the river. That's how you do. That's just a real story they about something. They call it the sea dew salmon. Yeah, well now they call it the Greg. Because I did it That's so effectively. True. You did. Yeah. You gregged the shit out of that. And you know what? I'll always have those memories of the day I succeeded. I was going to buy one of those just to have for myself, but uh, I kept making fun of me. It was a uh, teaser trailer. And so I was just like, no, you know what? <laughs> hey, you two, I'm going to promise you guys this. Taylor's not here yeah. tonight. There's no reason for me to say anything like that. Uh-huh. Yeah, nobody's going to get mad at you. Yeah, let's just cut that out. You well, guys just like look at each other, roll your eyes. You know, no, I think we're both very supportive of you. Yeah, of your I love it. Lines. Do it more. I like when there's a lot of buddy. runway. When, then, you know, when, oh, it yeah. takes, when it takes about a paragraph to get there. And I wheel up that podium. Yeah. Okay, you guys Worth remember it. the name Worth Salt it. and Pe- the band Salt and Pepper, right? Well, who was a DJ for them? Spinderella, okay? Remember, remember that, that when I say <laughs> this next part. The other best part is uh, you can't use the words in the punchline in like the setup. Uh-huh. So, yeah, it's like Webster's Dictionary. Yeah, so the amount that you'll go around saying these <laughs> words, sometimes it takes a long time. You're just playing taboo for your joke. <laughs> yeah.
you know, a feature length blank, <laughs> just th- blank, right? Starts with an F. Well, filterinos get ready for a lot of that, a lot of build up, <laughs> <laughs> very poor payoff. <laughs> But most of all, get ready for us to talk about Elseworlds, the annual Berlanti crossover. And even maybe, dare I say more important, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Oh my gosh. So you know what? Let's get right to that because we have to talk about it. This morning I woke up in the fortress of distortion. I'm at war with my emotions. In 2002, Spider-Man was a second tier hero the star of comics and cartoons, and nowhere near the levels of crosstown rivals Superman and Batman. Now, just a scant 16 years later, Spidey is starring in his seventh movie at the time, and Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse doesn't just star one Spider-Man, but over half a dozen of them. The movie tells the story of Miles Morales, a teenage POC who gets bit by the spider, montage trains, loses an uncle, and all the other stuff Spider-Man go through all of the time. But this time... He's joined by a bunch of other ones, including a cartoon pig version and a 1930s noir Spider-Man who get thrown into the multiverse and teach Miles how to be a hero, how to always get up, and how to float through the air when they smell a delicious pie. The movie is animated using a variety of animational... The movie is animated using a variety of animation and art styles to bring a comic book to life and bring us a cartoon movie the likes of which we have never seen before. The movie's already decimated critics' expectations and has become the favorite to win the Best Animated Feature Oscar. Taste Buds, I ask you this. What is the one thing from Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse you think we'll look back on in five years and say, it all started here? I think this is the launching of like an entire universe, and Gwen Stacy's movie is already like on deck, mm-hmm. but I think all these characters have legs enough, if not to be in like, I don't know, their own individual movies. I think she does, but I don't think anybody is like clamoring for the Spider-Man noir movie, but mm, okay. <laughs> maybe Spider-Man noir, spider pig crossover, cop like a yeah, uh, cop team up. But certainly I think this is the beginning of an entire universe. I think this is like Iron Man, basically that mm-hmm. this will give birth now to this whole Spider-Man verse. And we'll say, wow, that was like, we knew it was going to be good, but we didn't know it was going to be something that like resurrected Sony pictures. I th- when I look at the MCU, which I'm a big fan of, both as a nerd and a uh, professional film critic, um, I realize that like the gap between the good and the bad is not that big. Mm-hmm. You know, they're all sort of they all sort of have the same tone and they hit the same beats. And it's not even just Doctor Strange is the same as Iron Man. It's like Guardians is the same as Iron Man. You know, like they're all sort of yeah. in that realm. And the thing that I hope that this movie starts is. You don't have to do any of that. It's like there were two options. DC, grim and gritty, right. boring. And then just this MCU sort of, it all tastes like this. Swashbuckler. And this has so much creativity mm-hmm. ingested into, it's like it, overall storytelling into every scene, into every character, into every design, into how they're going to tell just like the next 10 seconds of story. I don't want people to copy into the universe now. Mm. I want them to realize, and specifically Sony to realize, that you don't have to do the same old thing. Yeah. You can do whatever you want. You know, Just put the creativity in there. It is crazy that this is Sony who's like, does the hack need safe things all of the time? Sony did Venom, uh-huh. a movie that tried to do nothing new. 
and like that was a big hit but like the, in the meantime they're also saying oh we we're gonna retain spider-man marvel's gonna help us all right we're gonna do a venom movie a carnage movie uh-huh. a silver yeah. sable movie like can't wait we just want our own mcu that's what everyone is saying in but the meantime only to have one yeah not just to, to have one cool with and it. not to put any more creativity into it then we just want one and then in the meantime there's this other corner of sony who created into the spider-verse yeah learn from that start your own corner and bring animation. Pixar doesn't have to be the only game in town for like great cartoons. Because mm-hmm. there's Pixar, and then every other cartoon is either like, well, we're not Pixar, or doing lesser Pixar. Yeah. And this is the art direction. This is all of that. Its visual style is completely its own. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't try to compete with a Pixar look, it Mm-mm. invents its own very appropriate look and embraces the medium of the comic book in a way that movies, I think, have been almost, like, afraid to do. Oh, yeah. Made Since sure. Ang Lee. Yeah, because it would, like, it, it would make you look hack because you're not trying to make a movie. You're trying to make a comic book. But they managed to affect the style, including, like, words written on the screen and panels and everything in such a way that it just felt very natural. When Hulk Lee's came Hulk Lee, Hulk, Hulk, Lee. <laughs> Hulk Lee's Hulk came out, we were still in that middle ground between X-Men and the MCU starting. Right. And so there was not like the these movies didn't have the chutzpah that they would get. Um, but now it, the more acclaim they get and the more money they make and the more popularity they have, they're still scared shitless of comic books. Right. Yeah. They only want you to know that it's based on one in the very back of your mind. Yeah. And this one, comics were all over it. And, and it, it, not just visually, but embracing the fucking multiverse where everybody's scared of doing having all the characters at once is what I think DC wanted to do mm-hmm. in its grim dark version, but they pulled it off more. Because even though there's eight Spider-Men, they all get varying degrees of arcs. But the big three, Miles, Fat Peter, and Spider-Gwen, all have a surprising arc for a fucking cartoon. Yeah. And then with the amount it has to do that they can go through those emotions. So I'll just say that we love this movie. Uh, oh, I hate it. Then let me ask you guys a question of how to make it. If you like, What would you have preferred? Do you think that the other three, the non-Peter-Gwen, Miles, would, should they have been brought in sooner? And been more of characters, or if you had to pick, not there at all, just a buddy, buddy, buddy cop movie. I guess I would say none, because they injected a lot of like the fun and wackiness mm. that harkens back to actual comics. Again, like it, it's so aware of comics, including having them be like plot points where he's looking at comics and like yeah. what was the early life of Peter Parker like. So, and that's always been something in Spider Man that Spider Man products and Spider Man comics exist, mm. but no movie would like ever talk about it so explicitly where characters are like referencing them to figure out what to do next. Yeah, that's how he learned how to use his powers yeah. <laughs> was read Peter's first issue. <laughs> but set us up in such a way where like, you know, that whole winky or stinky thing, mm-hmm. I ne- I didn't think stinky a single time. No, no. Everything was winky because they set this thing up where like they could basically do whatever they want because they were proud of it. They yeah. owned everything. And, and look- to really fully own it, I think they need to have those characters in it. So if any, if I had to pick one or the other, I would have them. I I thought they were in a, a very good amount, but and I, I would do, have more rather than less. I think there's a reason we we got to know Miles, then we got to know Old Peter, then we got to know Gwen, and then the other three showed up, and they had a reoccurring like, "Here's my story, you know it by now," which was super funny. Uh-huh. And the other three having very the three weirdest stories happen at the same time. Yeah, so you're like uh, with all this information, but it's just tweaks on the other things we've already seen and knew before we we're walking in. The movie let you know who to care about emotionally the most, and maybe you don't have to follow Noir's arc uh-huh. with his Rubik's Cube. <laughs> and I think that part of what makes this movie so good is something you just mentioned, which is they do run through three origin stories at the same time, 
And I feel like this movie is going to bear an intense amount of rewatching and be mm. a lot more rewarding and three-dimensional for that. Uh, as being like somewhat aware of the origin for Spider-Gwen, the way they told that story and the details they put in and the details they left out, specifically she talks about Peter dying, right. but not that Peter was like the lizard and, she, and he ended up dying after a fight with her. It just I, showed it visually. So where what are you are you listening more? Yeah, and being like, what the fuck does that shadow mean? Uh huh. And so it's like it, it feels like, and like shots of like the entire city. It feels like there's a lot to be in there viewed that if you like paused it over mm. and over and over again, each image would be like so visually rich, and it would all tell one kind of coherent story. Yeah, a lot of times when we talk about rewatchability, we talk about jokes, right? Like everything's bojack and we want to mm. we want to pause and catch everything and or like uh onion it and then just like peel back layer after layer i don't the this movie definitely has the first one i'm not sure if it has the second one but then there's this third one that i never thought about just because that's not the eye that i have of art yeah. there's so much fantastic conflicting art in this movie and like the obvious one is just to watch uh peter b parker 616 parker Spider Noir and Penny Parker next to each other. Right. Yeah. You know, like that looks so awesome. And it's such a, an awesome way to show multi dimensionality. Like, because they're all animated in different, different ways. ways. Different they all have ways, different, yeah. just not even animation, but physical appearance. Noir actually does appear just in black and right. white. <laughs> you know, you just assume that us in a different dimension would be three dimensional humans. Uh-huh. We don't know that. <laughs> you haven't yeah. done enough research to figure that out. Uh, both Penny Parker and then Spider Pork are both different kinds of cartoon cartoons, like cell cartoons yeah. on top of all this crazy digital animation. But it only stands out in a perfect, beautiful way, mm. not yeah. like a distracting no, way. No, it's you know? awesome. And then the, 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 the whole climax is psychedelic and batshit. Yeah, just a, sort of like anything can come out of like yeah. this this portal that's been opened up and because of that it's like it's not the reality as we would know it but just like trains going by through the air and things flying around and then the way that's like a such a good thing for Spider-Man because he can move in that environment right. so it's fluidly shit. yeah and so it works very effectively real quick though can we talk about Miles cuz this was going to be a lot of the world's introduction to Miles Morales uh-huh. and I thought that these six other Spider-Man, or I didn't know what it was going to be, mm-hmm. 12, 30, were going to be dropped in basically right away. And this is Miles' story. Yeah. And they're not there for like an hour. Yeah. What do you guys think about the world's new character? I did, man, love at first sight, for sure. Like, even though I'm an avid comic book reader, I haven't read a bunch that have Miles Morales in it. And the voice acting is so charming and effective, mm-hmm. and his awkwardness and but then still sometimes smoothness and attempts to be smooth in a way that capture like 14 year old boy yeah (laughs) so well in so many ways because he has all those put his foot in his mouth Uh disease foot and mouth disease and then he also (laughs) has he's not like a genius he's not like an inventor Uh you know he's not very rich all these things that we get from heroes um but he also is he's not a bad kid but he does hang out with his uncle he's more worldly than a lot of square superheroes right you know and in a very teenage way, yeah. not in like, a, oh, you don't know which uh, side of the coin I'm going to be. Uh-huh. But like teenagers get bored of homework and yeah. then do like slightly naughty stuff, you know? Yeah, I think they, they like Peter Parker, no matter how many times they want to reboot him, say he's in high school. We haven't seen a high school Peter, I guess Tom Holland, but none of the yeah. other movies did it. And to have, and Miles- it's what makes Homecoming so good because right. that's really at the core of Spider Man. Is here is this hero who's a high schooler, and and to ground that in that, but be very different. I don't know if teenage Peter and teenage Miles would be friends. It makes sense that it's like, well, you're a mentor because you've done it before, and I need you. But they're not 
similar in the best ways how modern he is and that he has his own specific he's from a very different part of new york than peter is mm-hmm. uh and it, they brooklyn and queens are exceptionally different, different. <laughs> brooklyn doesn't have a king for instance so that's <laughs> weird uh the thing that i really liked about miles and there was a lot of comic book similarities but there was a lot of originality here too from the comic books is that a lot of times when we get superhero characters in movies it's either a whole team of people and we don't really have time or they have such extreme personality mm-hmm. traits, you know? Like, they have OCD, or they curse a lot, or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and Miles was so three-dimensional. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. I could not believe what they were doing in every scene with him. Yeah, he was also just a teenager learning how to be in the world. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I'm gonna do this today, and it wasn't jarring. It was like, yeah, you don't know who you are yet. I, I thought this movie was going to be funny, but I never thought there would be a funnier superhero movie than Thor Ragnarok. And... This I did not laugh as hard in Thor Ragnarok. Like, yeah, you made teenagers uncomfortable. I laughter. made the people next to me upset, I think. But I was I was just like I was just yelling out, man. It was just so so funny and delivered so perfectly. And when you buy the person that plays Spider Man that much, then you really do care so much more about mm-hmm. the character. And that is the whole game right there. How much do they make you like Gwen Stacy or Peter Parker or Miles Morales? And it is such a home run with him. And, like, there's... I've never watched a superhero movie where the origin story takes as long to unfold where I cared less about Mm -hmm. the fact that you had to watch this guy just be a normal person for so long. Yeah. Well, yeah, you getting to know his family dynamics, which are their own thing, and... Yeah, everyone's worried about a sequel, and, like, what's that going to be like? I could do a prequel. Yeah. Just, like, Miles at home (laughs) and what's going on there. And then, speaking of that, Greg, like, we don't... I don't. I won't speak for you, but... uh, Animation direction kind of confuses me. I'm not sure what they do. Yeah. I don't know like what it means to put the camera somewhere. And the fight scenes and all that we can get to at a later date. But just uh, Miles as a character and an actor and then all of the voice actors. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. It's a pretty star-studded cast, but I think it's beyond that. It Even goes, like the extras that just deliver like one line, yes, kill it. Some of the funniest lines are just delivered by random people on the street. I feel like there's like... Uh, like high-class director saying, no, again, no, yeah. again, we're going to work this until what we have we the perfect care? chemistry. Or somebody said, even though you never have to do this with animation, we're all going to go live in a cabin for six mm, months yeah. and get perfect chemistry. Because that's what every scene felt like. That yeah. is all the time we have. Oh, no! That's bullshit, that's dude. That's so upsetting. We did but not talk about the Prowler. I know the people want to hear more. But what you should do is go over to patreon.com slash yourpopfilter in the next week or so, and you'll get a all Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse episode where that's all we will and be talking about. Where we get into it. Get yeah, we're going we're gonna to break it down. Both the nitty and the gritty. And I'll, it bears that. It bears, I think, so much scrutiny. We're also all going to be dressed as different Spider-Men. Yes. So. Yeah, we'll choose ours. We'll we draw didn't even straws. talk about the fact that the hero of the movie is dressed as a children's Spider-Man costume for most of the movie. Of the movie. But... <laughs> That's what we have. Instead, we have the other big thing that happened this week. Oh, yeah. Elseworlds. On this year's Arrowverse crossover, a being called the Monitor is traveling from Earth to Earth, challenging and killing heroes to prepare them for something. (laughs) To challenge Earth-1, he gives a crank psychologist a reality-altering book, which leads to Barry and Oliver quantum Fridaying an evil Superman, the introduction of Gotham and Batwoman, and a world where Barry and Oliver are... Bad leather zaddies known as the Trigger Twins. (laughs) Along the way, Kara helps the two learn to appreciate what makes each other tick until Oliver basically shouts the monitor down. Taste buds, (laughs) I ask you this. 
Does the crossover weigh itself down with Barry and Oliver having to learn about their Venn diagram heroic traits? Or is a zippy story boosted with character as the two learn about the power of joy and anger? <laughs> oh, I, I can't believe how much. I thought it might be the second one, but having seen it all, it is 100% the second one. There's so much like bullshit going on in the sky and behind mm-hmm. them, but these crossovers have turned into, even on the Supergirl episode, the Barry and Ollie show. And I think it's really strengthened by, and it makes sense, because Kara is on Earth-38, and until an entire crossover is her having a problem, yeah. and bringing them, so it's her cast, the, the big producers overall are like, you know what? She works very well as a supporting character in their life, and she is closer to Barry, but Ollie and Barry look at the world and heroic so differently. Shouldn't it just focus on how we are different? Yeah. And every crossover has been that, but this one, they have to finally learn how to do what the other guy does. And two mixed results. I thought when the two of them, and this is how I feel about most of these shows I've realized over the past few months, but when the two of them are joking around, the show works and it's funny, either together or separately. Like when Oliver, when he wakes up and he is Barry and Iris says like, oh, I love you. And he's like, I love you too, Iris West Allen. (laughs) Um, And like that, they both delivered on that so well. But anytime they start talking about like what the drama that's going on mm-hmm. in their lives, or like I use my anger to shoot arrows, and you know I use my hope to run, I was just <laughs> like, this is this is kind of boring to me. But when they were just like laying down the comedy, everybody shines. Yeah, it's because they don't have it's it, like on the flash, it's Barry and a very background supporting cast, yeah. regardless of screen time. And then the same thing with Arrow. But together, they are the perfect foil. Yeah, and. It sucks that we only get this, you know, once a year. We got it for three episodes straight. Kara be damned. But they are awesome together. Like, they are freer. And, like, Ollie is not like this on Arrow. You know, mm. it's all grim shit. But, but like... It, it's almost on purpose because he didn't train Barry, even though he's helped him along the way through the years. But the other... He has to be, like, senior class president yeah. to his cast. He is Ollie, so he can only be seen this way. Even though they yell, like, you can lean on us. He's like... But anytime I try, it fucks up. I have to be this way. But with Barry, it's just a fucking peer. And he can finally let his hair down and have fun. Okay, this is why actors marry actors? Yes. Yeah, I, I guess I get that. No under the line. But what's marriages. interesting is like when Batman and Superman hang out, they both just act like themselves so much. But when these two guys hang out, they really do bring out a different part mm-hmm. of each other. And their jocularity, their easy humor with one another was like definitely the most endearing part. And... I get the sense from what you guys say about the show a lot. Ollie is usually more like Batman, right? Yeah. Usually just grim and gruff. And, and that's why they, they did the dig it. And it's like a dig at the comics, but him be like, I was the first vigilante. Batman's <laughs> not a thing. <laughs> uh, the original title of the show was We Couldn't Afford Batman. And then <laughs> Sorry, Batfans. Arrow, he helped kill Superman that one time. But I, so I get it was very ham-fisted, but it is a show for children or shows for children. So them being like, I use joy to run. I use anger... I think uh, Stephen Amell, I think, is a better actor than Grant Gustin, so I bought his more. Maybe I'm just way too into those abs. Uh-huh. Um, his describing... Oh, as opposed to Grant Gustin's disgusting abs. Yeah, sure. ugh, his frail little too body. Skinny. Um, <laughs> I, and, or maybe I just get why, like, Ollie's... The dialogue made sense. Here's what I went through, and here's how yeah. that helps me focus, versus I'm happy and I run, especially because Barry's been emo for years, so it uh-huh. doesn't really jive. But I do think to then to make them complicated when they fight later both in costume like fighting the bad guys and then fighting each other 
I was super into the farm. Put superheroes in a farm, I'm into it. No matter what, I'm always going to be into it. Hey, man, it. if there's a softball field on that yeah. farm, here we go. And, and, and that worked so well for me. What I thought was stupid and wanted somebody to call her out was Iris was like, I heard what you said when you shot Amazo. Don't, but at what cost? I was like, bitch, at the cost of saving the city. So he said, you <laughs> failed the city, which is stupid to have to say to Amazo be, to make your arrow hit. He could be angry sometimes, and that's not bad. Yeah. But I don't blame Iris for that. I do blame the show. Because yeah. I think that the best part of this crossover was the first 25 minutes. And going back to Barry and Ollie, it's not like the actors bring something out of each other. Uh-huh. Like they're eliciting mm-hmm. chemistry. Like anytime Team Arrow could say all the stuff that Barry does, and Arrow will just say, You have filled this Team Arrow or whatever. <laughs> but they really play well off yeah. each other, almost like Steven and grant right like each other uh and then we get into other stuff where that the whole iris making sure that barry doesn't become ollie ollie and barry saying that long i thought it was a joke when barry said yeah. uh you have failed the city like i'm just gonna pretend He's i'm making fun of him yeah. but no he was actually becoming dark right. ollie um that's i think the problem with all of the else worlds is that these are episodes of actual shows you mm-hmm. know like it actually was a flash episode and then Arrow and Supergirl, and they have this like agenda that they still have to take over, yeah. right. and that's where I think it all falls apart. For us to go from barely any Kara to now Kara and Alex, Alex, yeah, t- taking up half of the third yeah. episode, like it's all clear what they're doing, and that's the thing that I think hamstrings it the most. Did you feel like they they handled that better last year than they did this year? I feel like by and large they did a better job seamlessly integrating the shows last year with the last big event. Than they did this time. It it like the episodiness of it really was more pronounced this time I, around. I disagree, just because it was even though Kara got her like B plot with the the new Alex, who I couldn't tell if it was a different actress, and that bothered me the whole time. Uh, it was not because it ended. She just had a different wig on or yeah, whatever. Yeah. That freaked me out. <laughs> Hair in front. Uh, Is this the same person? I'm leaving. <laughs> uh, that because it even ended with Ollie and Barry. Like there was and th- their emotions. They were going through so many more big things. Uh, yeah. That. I thought she was B plot the whole trilogy. Yeah, she really was, and it's I I love you know Ollie and Barry together, but she got fucked what? on this. Yeah, and also it was weird. They had a Supergirl and a Superman. I feel like that is too powerful a team. Then what are you even doing there anymore? <laughs> just yeah, let I go shoot for arrows. It. I'm out of here. Yeah, like, like <laughs> I have arrows. I can't do this. And All then the- Barry thinking like, well, there's two Supermen, but at least I can run. Nope. I have the arrows now. <laughs> Fuck! No way. This is so stupid. I, I do. I, I enjoy them. Even who knows what'll cross over them learning, like why they should respect each other. And then it came out. They both like Ollie's like, you get to have fun. Fuck you. And Barry being like, you're just growly. Fuck you. And then them being like, oh, I kind of see why you are the way you are. And Ollie legitimately being mad. He's just like, you shot me in the back because you thought it was a joke. That's not okay. I was trying to teach you a lesson. Which was the best part of the entire oh, thing. Oh, yeah. Like, that's was, that's a hell of a prank, guys. Yeah. That to is, shoot somebody with two, two arrows, arrows in the back. After you swore you wouldn't do that, uh, is I super expected funny. Ollie to turn around and it was like, plunger arrows? No, there are arrows <laughs> plunged in. Yeah, they only back. went in like three inches, but you only say that if there's not arrows three inches into your body. If you <laughs> <laughs> Only three inches is when the arrow is not sticking out of your back. I would die immediately. Yeah. But, I would be like, ah! I think that the reason that this happened, this episodiness, is because last season, I'm, I'm just sort of guessing on this, but last season, everybody started freaking about, freaking out about Netflix. You know, like, uh-huh. what happens when you're just watching a season of Supergirl 
And then this fucking shit happens. Yeah. And I think they wanted to give people who are streaming a season a year ago some sort of episode. Right. Uh, okay. But I, I sort of think that if I was going to come in, like, let's say this was a big failure, like the ratings dropped, and then you brought somebody else in to do it for next year, mm-hmm. I would get rid of all of that. And I think I would just assume that people know, right? People yeah. know, like... If you're watching Supergirl, you're savvy enough to know where these other episodes are. Right. What you should do is this is a mini series now starring these same characters and same actors, but it's a new adventure. You do not have to be caught up on anything, so we don't even have to waste time on what Felicity and Ollie are going for. But the problem there is that now if you're watching Supergirl and that episode has been pulled out of the right. streaming thing, she's going to talk about stuff that happened in the crossover. Yeah, but I mean, the comics, it says, see so-and-so. Yeah. So you could just have a little... <laughs> Do the box. Pop yeah. it on you up. Chiron and... show up. You, they should have that. I, I bet that wouldn't be too hard to have a little thing that pops up. And then even th- it's like something you could click on. Yeah. And it could take you to that scene. And you could just watch like, it oh, real shit. quick. That was crazy. I don't know how to solve the problem with them talking about Elseworlds from here on out. Uh-huh. That's a hard thing. But I like the, the whole problem of them talking about their previous life in the crossover... No, but like, yeah, the, the worst offender to me, and it's just because I'm bored of the storyline, is Felicity saying, well, I'm different now. I'm breaking up with Ollie because yeah. I'm a different person now. Like, we, I, I don't want that in the normal episodes, and I definitely don't want it here. Dude. The only reason that worked for me now, and this is why Car gets short shrift, is because Barry and Ollie deal with everything differently. Seeing Iris and Barry deal with things by talking, uh-huh. uh, and Ollie and Felicity not, like that highlighted very well, but she still had to be like, everybody's different. And that everybody's did the, we'll tell each other everything. She walks up, they're like, don't tell her anything. But it becomes like a reality show where Felicity faces the camera. She's like, hey, I'm Felicity. And my thing is uh, hacking and I'm different now. <laughs> that is all the time we have right now. We're going to take a quick break and dive right back the fuck into it. I could use a long break, actually. So the first two crossovers they ever did were also backdoor pilots. The first one showed us The Flash. And then the next one was Legends of Tomorrow. I'm sorry, go slower. The first one gave us the... What was the first one? The first crossover? Uh-huh. Where the Flash showed up. What happened? Like, who was the bad guy? I don't remember. Okay. It was years ago. There was Green Arrow, and he said he failed the city, and then Barry Allen showed up. Yes, and then there was Invasion. That came later. That and I remember. there was the Legends of Tomorrow one, which was the fucking guy they said was a big bad, but he was like four foot nothing. He was like the bad <laughs> guy. He looked like the bad guy from Hackers and was just never... <laughs> He was Victor Savage. Uh, and then last year was Nazi. But this one, spinoff of Batwoman. We finally went to Gotham after years of more increasing talk of Gotham. How did the introduction of Gotham and Batwoman work for you? I thought that they put way too much pressure on her. Mm-hmm. She had to be so extreme, especially as the, what's her name? Kathy, Ruby Rose. Rub, no, the... Kate Kane. Kate Kane. Kane. I felt like... They had to make her so hardcore and cool, and I think that she is naturally cool. So they they just didn't need to lean on it so hard. But to to be like this is this is a grim dark Batwoman, I felt like they just tried way way. When Arrow's already doing that. it, so do a different thing. What if she thought Batman and just let was her too dark? be? Just let her be Batwoman and let her be like the actress and just do well, the part without it having to be like everything she says is like the coolest and the ultimate. I just felt like it was too much pressure. The longer I watched her, the more I was into her performance because I felt like they weren't leaning on it so hard. See, I was the reverse. Yeah. I agree. Like, Arrow's the bar, right, mm-hmm. for this world. So be less gritty than that. Also, we know what works about this. It's I, maybe not go full Legends with Batwoman, right. yeah. but, like, let's have fun. 
and I thought the performance was awful. Well, like, she's, that's so. For all these shows, flaws and not flaws, it's the leads. We're talking about why Grant and uh, Melissa and Steven do so well. It's because they they cast great people who can soar yeah. with pretty shitty material. Ruby Rose is not a good actress. No. Just will continue to not be a good actress. Those three are not stars in the like literal sense. Like they're not starring in movies, but they're stars in the whole like just give them a scene. They got yeah. it. You know, they yeah. got it. And and she's not, so I think she's the one who brings that one of those tattoos I believe are real. And she brings that look how edgy and cool I am. I saw yeah. the Meg. That's just who she is. <laughs> or uh Orange is the New Black. Like uh-huh. she like she just has that look. Now make her interesting. Don't like Oh, we got to make her dark, and that will be her interesting. She comes with it. The best she was was towards the end when she was in Batwoman garb, and her and Carr were talking, and they're like, world's finest, which is, let's reference more comics. Uh-huh. But them flirting worked mm-hmm. really well, but Melissa Benoist, because she's Supergirl, did the heavy lifting. Yeah. Uh, but having just like that back and forth of bright and dark will always work pretty well as if she just sort of has to growl back. What it did for me was do something that, like, I, I didn't think it was possible before I started watching all these shows was prove that we don't need a Gotham. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. like we get here and then this is our Gotham representative and we don't need this city and it's grim and grit. And it's a fucked up Gotham. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it, it's like you have to drive everywhere in an armored car. And the second you turn down an alley, a gang of people in street camo comes it up It is hilarious. To you. It's, it's like, like right away they get robbed almost instantly or attempted to rob almost instantly. And the whole like, going somewhere in an armored personnel carrier because that's the only way to travel across Gotham. What the hell? Batwoman's <laughs> doing a seriously bad job. And Kate Kane is like, uh, you know, introduces herself because like, we don't need more heroes here. That's not true at do. all. You need as many as possible. You just need a police force. <laughs> like, you need somebody patrolling the streets, keeping people from getting mugged the second they turn down a street. But the problem is that the police turn down the street, then they get mugged. Like, yeah. there's nobody By stopping By meaner police. So in this universe... Batman just leaves one day, and at the end of this trilogy of shows, Superman just leaves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is a world where the heroes just seriously... Now, we know why they do it in, in real life, but in the universe of the show, they just leave. Superman says, I'm leaving, and you know what? This place is okay with Supergirl. You just proved that's not true because you were needed in this event. The thing that preceded <laughs> your going away was proof that you were needed, and now you're like, ah, oh, you got it. Don't worry about it. At most, it. they need him once a year. Yeah. I do like... And like because Earth 38 is a different thing that he, over and over again, and mostly because he keeps saying, he's like, you're stronger than me. But like, she fixes shit and she fucks up a little. But like, his, he's been superheroing for like 10 years and he's uh-huh. like, I want to have a kid. I'm, as a fan, I'm like, let him have a kid. Yeah, go <laughs> away. Retire for a bit. Especially because it was Supergirl's episode. Like, it was a big leap. But once Superman made that leap over that building, uh-huh. I got it. Like, it, you know, like, Supergirl is good enough. Uh-huh. The whole Batman thing. And I, it wasn't we screaming. We ha- we don't have Tyler Hoechlin on contract. The Batman thing was like we can't we can't have Batman, right. you know, yeah. and there's no way that we can do that. Did the shadow of the bat hang over that episode too much, or are you fine with like he can't be here? Bye. I guess I wish they had just had him die, and maybe I guess that that could be what happened. And the story is that Bruce Wayne left, but really Batman died, and nobody. But to just have it be that he like. He leaves, I don't know, or at least introduce it in a dark mm-hmm. night way where you have news reports of like, like this guy is gone forever and it precedes the show. But it's just weird to, for somebody in an offhand way to be like, oh, yeah, Batman left. He said he doesn't like it anymore. I mean, the <laughs> one thing it does is show how 
awesome Barry and Ollie and Kara are. Like, because they don't leave. Batman left, but they didn't. I That's put my marriage cool. on the line. And I mean, it's it. You can see that Gotham obviously suffered from it. Like, it got super messed up the second Batman was gone. So, I guess it's always a little bad, but. The whole roving street gangs, that just seems, that's a bad look for a city. <laughs> With, because uh, I think they're playing in the like no man's land, which Gotham will do. And like, it just le- make it even funnier. Like, have the other heroes be like, it's insane. Our cities are bad enough. This is an <laughs> insane city to be in. With all the things of our normal cast doing. And so they had to introduce Kate Kane and then also Lois Lane. And those rhyme. <laughs> uh, How'd you guys like Lois? I fucking like Lois and Superman. Yeah, she was okay. I did want to ask you about uh, when they. Oh! Cut to the farm, Mike. Somebody said, Ready oh, Zero. How did you did do? Did they do like a music cue from? It was the Smallville theme song oh, played when they went to Kent Farm. I that's. The did l- you Def Jam around the room? Yeah, I did and cried a bunch. It was amazing. I, I felt re- like I was maybe missing mm-hmm. references like that sometimes, but that's definitely so one that's of this, them. The the. Smallville's farm-ass farm that they filmed on and this the theme song. It was amazing. My wife was in the room who was a big Smallville fan but hates all this CW shit. That uh, doesn't make sense to me. Like, <laughs> she heard the song and ran up. And she was like, what are you guys watching? And then, what are you, what are you guys? Me and, I don't know, my dog. dog. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then saw the CWs or the Berlanti vs. Superman. And that's weird because is that different? I don't want to get into the Spider-Verse too much, but... Uh-huh. This is our Smallville? I think it's heavily we had the hinting song? that Tyler Hoechlin used to be uh, Pierce from Lucifer. Right. He grew up to be Tyler Hoechlin. But that's what <laughs> I was thinking is that Pa Kent would walk out and it would be Pierce from Lucifer. Or is that age difference not enough? No, I think that, well, it might not be enough, but it's TV. You could so old him up a little bit. Yeah, but I feel Pa like- Kent dead. I honestly, going back to your original question, I honestly think that Lois Lane is one of the hardest comic book roles to play. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's really hard to hit that awesome Lois line. I think she did okay. I sort of do like stop paying attention towards the end. Did she have a mallet? Did she have a power hammer? She looked like she did, was that steals. Like did she steal John steals Henry Steele's okay. hammer? I guess what I thought it was. I think it comes from the portrait of Fortress of Solitude uh-huh. or whatever. I, I I thought it was supposed to be like their version of Mjolnir or something, but there there's a there's a part where they're standing around and like she puts her hand on it and you do kind of see oh look it's this hammer, but then they don't they don't have they don't ever show her like pick it up and be like I'm gonna use this now like this is my weapon I'm gonna hit people with it. But if I don't know that from seeing all the Berlanti verse shows and you don't know that from watching all of Smallville, mm-hmm. where it's just a thing. I think it might be like deep Superman cut, like comic ass comic cut. Yeah, I. There's always stuff like that that are on the edges of these shows, and you're not quite sure. Yeah. It, the thing I thought of right away was um, in Sandman, they have a Thor, you know, and mm-hmm. that's Vertigo, so that's like DC adjacent. But his hammer didn't look like that, so. The only other, I think, big acting job besides the big three and Superman and Lois Lane was, I do want to talk a little bit about Evil Cisco because uh-huh. I thought- Who now has sort of a Brooklyn 1930s accent uh-huh. because- <laughs> That's what that guy does. And his hair was different, uh-huh. so I just think it's a different actor then. Is yeah. that what we're doing? <laughs> yeah, different actor. Um, this was a really weird performance for me because I sort of trust Berlantiverse to know where in the cheek to put the tongue. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I think that they failed, and this was this was awful to watch. Yeah. Like, this was fucking terrible. But I think it's Cisco can barely Cisco normally. <laughs> uh, and for whatever reason, anytime there's this kind of stuff, he's the one they lean on the hardest. I think Danielle Pennebaker can go back and forth very well, but it's always like, what if Cisco has to be in the most scenes as a different I, version? I do feel like 
he has too much of a role in these crossover things. You know, he must funnier, be, that guy. That, Tumblr must love him. Who is that guy? Is his name Road Dog? Got, Wild Dog. Wild Dog. Wild Dog. Okay. Yeah. He seems like he is a better actor. Yes. For sure. Maybe go with him. The only thing I can Do think of is. Do people love Cisco? Is that it? I think, I think so. It's, yeah. It's either the internet or they all get in the Berlantiverse like, weekly meetings and like, crossovers coming up. Who we wants need to volunteers. Do it? Yeah. And Cisco's always up and Wild Dog has other stuff to do. Yeah, he wasn't around at all. Right. He but said yeah. like one line and it was basically just to show that he was Hoss. in attendance. <laughs> I think you're contractually obligated to be in scenes from your particular episode. Yeah, because uh, Jimmy played a bodyguard for Cisco. Right, and uh, Echo Kellum uh-huh. was in the Arrow episode. But yeah, a ton of people were missing. And why would why can't the actress who plays Dinah be in all three episodes? Right. You know? Like, and what it, else are they doing? It's a cartoonish accent he chose. Uh, I guess the fact that they were running around with chain wallets, it was all goofy. <laughs> so it's like, this world's a little... And like, John... I thought you wanted to talk about John Deegan, like the creepy Matt Dillon. Oh, Jeremy Davies? Is that who that is? That's the guy who does not. Th- what he's most famous for, I think, is uh, not killing the guy in Saving Private Ryan and letting him go up and stab, <laughs> uh, like stab, uh, what's his name? Adam Oh my God, that's Goldberg. hardcore. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Jeremy Davies at this point is only playing this character. I've seen him do this in 15, 16 TV well, shows. When you got that methy Matt Dillon face, mm-hmm. I think that's all you can play. But I thought he did a pretty good job. I thought he was engrossing. Being like a pathetic bad guy. Yeah. And yeah. like basically making a weird white man version of the world. Like the last episode yeah. is just him like, what if all the nerds rose to the top? And and uh, yeah, everybody's a sycophant and loves him. Uh-huh. And even Kara's like, because he was like, I didn't know who that guy was, so I'm you. She's like, but you're too afraid to be a woman? I was like, yeah, show, sure, call this <laughs> motherfucker out. And I always sort of find it impressive where, like he's not a movie star, but he's been in movies. He's been in big movies. Yeah. And... He was in Justified with Raylan Gibbons, so that's a big deal. <laughs> uh, and then can switch up your acting style to be on a Berlantiverse show. You know, I, I always think that's cool. Like, yeah. oh, I get it. I thought oh, he I fit in for sure. Yeah. What is with Goldface Killer? Is that someone I'm supposed to know? Not it's if not you've anarchy? watched the shows, but if you read Crisis on Infinite Earth in the 80s, okay. it's Psycho Pirate, who is a oh. big part there. <laughs> I dude, you I had me only, in Psycho Pirate. People who are unfamiliar with the DC universe, yeah, have no idea no. what a major part, like what major role that Psycho Pirate plays in the entire history of the wow. universe. Wow, you it's, guys could just be making all of this up. And I mostly the help from the internet because it, he doesn't look like Psycho Pirate has like one of those Gambit weird head things uh-huh. that people are like, that's dumb. Gold mask. <laughs> uh, and, and he said a quote that Psycho Pirate says in Crisis on Infinite Earths, but the internet's really helping me here. I don't know how okay. to top of my head. Because it was very much framed on se- like on two different occasions. It was framed like, yeah, that's right. We got the gold mask yeah. guy. And we're going like, to move right the past. Is this? We're going to move right past the doors that say, uh, oh, Cobblepot and right. Enigma. Yeah. Get to that P Pirate. Uh, <laughs> you fucking P Pirate. And then we got the preview for, or like the title yeah. of next year. And so. Next year's Big Bad will be... Uh, Psycho Pirate. This Big Bad's dad's sister? Yeah, the It'll monitor. The anti-monitor? Anti-monitor comes up. Yeah, because the monitor is actually good. I do like in Ollie's head, because he's like, I got to go find that god. I bet he still hangs out in that shitty apartment that we found <laughs> him in before by accident. Speaking of all this, do you guys remember when Spider-Man was all like, oh, we don't need that monitor? Just Yes. <laughs> Man, the Spider-Verse. Was that a dig at this? What is so perfect about that is you watch... 
Miles Morales carrying the monitor around. And you're like, well, you don't need the monitor. And you've thought it like three times by the time Peter Parker says it. And she's like, yes, you also, don't need that monitor. If you were in that movie, you would have screamed at him like, idiot, what are you doing? Just the CPU. But uh, that PPP. Save it for the Patreon. <laughs> Let's talk about, we, we have to wrap up this. Is, are you two okay with, because he started it all and it's probably ending, that's what the internet is hinting, that this whole trilogy, even though every, there's episodic, was actually all about rehabbing Ollie. The whole world is trying to tell Ollie how to be good uh-huh. and that he doesn't have to be so angry murder anymore, including a god. <laughs> uh, does that work for you? Or are you like, everybody should have equal footing? No. I mean, like, you need to pick one backbone, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that there was a theme here of what it means to be a hero and hero is not a costume. Hero is like a mentality. And the bad guy... Anyone th- could wear the mask. Anyone you could, could wear, wear the, mask. the mask. That's from uh, Into the Spider-Verse. Uh, and the bad guy thought that it was just the the powers and the costume, right. but it's actually the mentality. And so that was all good. But then you also need the overall arc of Ollie learning all this stuff. Mm-hmm. You need someone, right? You got to right. pick one of the three. Everybody's burning Ollie throughout it. And Lois, I do like seeing him through other people's eyes. She's like, he's a dick. Like, to if you're not in love with him already, you hate this guy because he's yeah. not super sweet. At, Lois is on the porch, actively rooting for Barry to shoot Ollie in the back <laughs> right. with two arrows. And then later in the third one, the monitor says, Oliver Queen, the man who channels hubris and anger and calls it strength. Ow, this is not Friars Club, yeah. friends. I am a guest in your weird <laughs> demiplane. Don't talk to me that way. And Ollie's like, whoa. Good point. <laughs> that was a good point. Uh, where would you rank in all of the, the crossovers? Way below last year for me. Below last year. I, and that's the only one I've seen. I really liked last year's. Yeah, last year's I thought the action shit. was better. I thought overall the story was better. Um, it was more fun to watch those alternate dimension versions of the characters. <laughs> uh, this one I thought dragged and I was bored a lot of the times but um yeah last year and then this one for me yeah i th- I, I had a good time right mm-hmm. like i liked yeah, it yeah it was fun but i realized looking back on it that i was just waiting for something else to happen to right. barry and ollie like they woke up and they were the trigger boys yeah the which, trigger twins which do, the, is that a thing i should remember okay <laughs> originally oh, they were cowboy duo when cowboy comics were big jonah hex uh, yeah in that era and then and like the Rough Rider, I forget the other, but yeah, that era. And then in the like 90s, DMX? they, yeah, they, 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 they hyped men for DMX for a while. And then they came back in the, like the last five years as like a biker gang duo. They are, they, they're deep cutting gay leather couple. Yeah. I mean, because those matching guys, matching handkerchiefs, they had matching handkerchiefs and they both looked smoking hot in yeah. their outfits, but just like a touch twee, you they're know, either brothers or just, yeah. Leather daddies. You leather said it daddies, in the intro. Yeah. Leather daddies for sure. And if they were a gay couple, like if you know, like what are, what am I into? If I'm gay, like is it this terminology? Oh no, it's just Stephen and Grant. Grant. Like yeah. that's what you should be. Oh, into. I'm into fucking this dude. Yeah, like, <laughs> he's into it too. These two guys. Uh, that's what I was always waiting for, and mm-hmm. it was great. But every time they went somewhere else, that's what I was waiting for. I would put it definitely below last year's. Yeah, last year's the peak. And then I would put it below Invasion, even though really? that, that was some issues. And then I don't remember the first one. So uh-huh. that's got to be below, right? <laughs> so it, it's below that one. I don't remember. <laughs> I did. I, I, I really had a good time, and I'm so glad to watch these shows with something different going yeah. on. Yeah. But it just makes me want them to have a Justice also, show. like, last year they had Legends as part of it, and a lot of those parts worked really well. And 
we'll talk about Legends in a second. Wait, was there a Legends this week? There was ah! also a Legends. Yeah, it had a completely different storyline to all this. Uh, but I feel like they were missed, and then they went and just like showed off on their own show, just slipped off. So maybe next time include them in the in the big invite event. them to that meeting. And I would be remiss if we didn't celebrate for the fourth or fifth year in a row. Uh, how many? This is number four. Sure. Um, so much better than the Justice League movie. Yes. This yeah. was, uh, I would rather watch this all day so than a better. Justice League Very movie. Very entertaining. Very, like, I felt like it was obvious how low the budgets are for these shows, though. Especially when you've got two Superman, one good, one bad, and yeah. then a Supergirl. And most of the fights involve kind of standing. Like, all the good guys standing in a line, all the bad guys standing in a line, and they each take turns doing one move. Uh-huh. You really well, felt the budget in those moments. It's Dungeons & Dragons rules. Yeah, exactly. You around and you have to turn Did you guys notice that, uh, I think it was either Bad Superman or Amazo, I can't remember, but uh, shot laser eyes at Supergirl, and then laser, uh, Supergirl shot laser eyes back, but they never showed the middle part. Yeah. That's too expensive. That's they just so showed expensive. them looking off camera I'm laserizing over here and, and I'm laserizing over there when you run out of laser eyes use that book that can change reality to also just shoot people yeah. <laughs> now just to shoot a book <laughs> that was such a weird the challenge. power of books well that's the thing <laughs> where like if you run out of bullets throw the gun right at their head <laughs> that's why our friend from Unnatural 20s loves books yeah books is because she she's shooting people. people with them all the time if they cross her uh, we are far over our time limit yeah like by a when lot. we come back <laughs> that is Elseworlds I liked it more than both of you when we come back it's every other show that I guess decided to still come out this week <laughs> now it's time for the pull list where we talk about every other show that came out this week there were more shows there were more shows beyond Elseworlds and Spider-Verse Starting with The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. On the seventh episode of Sabrina, Prudence takes center stage when she's elected witch prom queen, <laughs> which means all of the other witches get to eat her. Oh. Apparently, it's a big honor. As you do when you eat a witch, Sabrina smells something fishy and uses a truth <laughs> cake to reveal that Father Blackwood's pregnant wife set Prudence up because she deduced that Prudence was Blackwood's daughter, which makes sense given his name. Taste buds, I ask you this. Should all shows be able to use truth cakes resulting in run times that are between 10 to 15 minutes? That would be awesome. Right away, just hit the truth cake and move on. There would never be a sitcom again. <laughs> oh, this is just a simple misunderstanding. Listen, uh, let's take the truth cakes like and we'll Three's Company it out. would evaporate. Yeah. yeah. And then everything They'd from be there. evicted episode one. <laughs> He'd be like, listen, I'm not a homosexual, but I'm not going to sleep with these women because they won't let me. So we're allowed to live in the same apartment. It's not funny and we're all uncomfortable. <laughs> when I. Uh, that final dinner was going on when the truth cake came out. Uh-huh. Did you think cheaty or weedy? Weedy. I was full on eating dinner my... Dinner champions? Yeah, just eating my dinner champions, dry ass weedies. It, because of so many Sabrina's facial reactions, Ambrose I think is great at the Jim Halpert's. <laughs> uh, there's no cameras, but he's just looking at the wall, smirking <laughs> at people's things. Uh, I love Hilda, the good sister. Like, I, everybody did... I'm a big fan of Prudence. The more she's on the show, I think it's very good. She's so much better villain than Blackthorn is because there's layers there. And she's a teenager, so when she's an asshole, you buy it versus, I guess you're the devil guy. But I will <laughs> say that, like, although Blackwood didn't look good in this episode, mm-hmm. he was, like, any, any Sabrina character that gets more screen time, it's for the better. Like, right. there is a little bit more... His wife was super fascinating. I bought her. I, I do think the role he has as Satan's right-hand man it's going to be hard to flesh him out. <laughs> but everybody else at that table, I was fascinated to watch what they were doing. I, I, I think they are actually showing what a weak dude he is. He's a real Ross yes, Geller. Right. That because <laughs> when they're at the Feast of Feasts, which is what they call Witch Thanksgiving, which even though they've half this whole season, it's like, witches are a dying breed. They're like, 
and now we're like, well, we eat one a year. <laughs> like <laughs> you wouldn't do that. Wait, I'm sorry. What? Which Thanksgiving? Which Thanksgiving? Mm. This Thanksgiving. Mm. Uh, when they're like, actually, Satan said, like, I think it's a big dig at <laughs> politics because Satan said maybe don't eat this one this year. Who and said I, we can't eat this witch? Um, oh, they freak out. Satan. The oh, witches. Okay, that's cool, the witches freak out because they want to eat this sexy <laughs> little witch. Uh, and the one who says Freya lives, which is the legend is Freya died, so that's a stupid thing to scream, and then slits her own throat. Yikes. All Blackthorn wants is an easy out. Instead of being like, no, that's not what Satan wants, he goes, yep, let's all eat this witch. And then Sabrina looked horrified. There's no good part of being a witch. But <laughs> he he is the like the modern-day politician. He's or, Marco Rubio. Yeah, for sure, because he was like, I don't know how I'm going to get out of this. I just hope that, oh, nope, she killed herself, and now I'm good, and I'm going to miss this. Satan. New cycle has restarted. Uh, I like when I like Sabrina the character. Uh huh. How about the actress? Performance is whatever. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, Wooden. I like I like the character. Um, but I do think that I like when it pulls back and shows the ensemble more mm-hmm. and doesn't rely. Sabrina comes in and she her whole thing is like uh, the old ways are bullshit. I'm going to change this. And sometimes it's really interesting. Yeah. But when she kicks open the door and says we should not murder a woman every year <laughs> for no reason. We need to move on from that. Like, yeah. now show us the rest of the characters, you know? Let us get to know them. And, like, I think they just need to start saying, why is it good to be a witch other than power? There's so many ways you can die for bullshit reasons if you're a witch. Is the power... The power does not seem worth it anymore. That and, like, I talked last week about how much I love how they are all Satanists and Satan is good. Uh-huh. Uh, and then they talk about Catholics, like Catholics talk about right. Satan. Uh, but they all still believe in the same bullshit of, well, no, if I die, I'll go to some awesome heaven. And- I- Probably. Is that what this whole show is about? Is Sabrina is anti-faith and the witches, they're using Satan as the backdrop, but it's faith versus not faith. And Prudence, I, I think this episode did more than any other episode to deepen her, but her calling Sabrina saying, is, is my, does my faith mean less than yours? It's like, oh man, we're not trying to kill her. I like the way you think a little. Like, yeah. let's have a talk. It's a really good point because Sabrina is like shorter and blonder, I guess, which that makes her more right. But once Prudence and Sabrina talk about their shit on the exact same level, uh-huh. like take out the details and just say, you believe this, I believe this, they're both equally Yeah. Wrong. It's just that Prudence is constantly trying to kill people. Right. And then be like, your boyfriend, his great granddad was a witch killer, so he's a witch killer. Like that's, can't we all just fucking move on from the past? Speaking of Sabrina, there's one quick thing I want to talk to you about. This show has established a whole thing where right is wrong and wrong is right. Uh-huh. and Order uh, is dis- disorder. Disorder, disorder in the court. Yeah, disorder in the court. Uh, I want to talk to you about its relationship with sex, though. Is sex left off the table for the show? Like, everything bad is good and good is bad, but sex is still bad? Sex rules! Oh, yeah, because Sabrina and Harvey haven't, and she's constantly dancing around it. Yeah, I mean, like, Sabrina into an orgy. is, like, permanent virgin, because that's what you have to be if you're, like, a lead uh-huh. female character who looks young. Yeah, because if you're a witch, shouldn't you get to also be a slut? Well, the rest of them are. They had a oh. full-on orgy. And the dude she likes, who's a witch, was like, join us. And he seemed cracked out. Uh, she should have said no because my cousin's also part of this orgy. I, for her to just be like, no, I don't like sex. I think if you're on the other side of the orgy from your cousin, yeah. I, th- I think oh, that's, that's acceptable. Okay. Yeah, as long as you're not like kind of waiting in the same pool. Now, when you say other side, do you mean other side of the room or other side of like all the bodies pressed together he's, in the middle? He's got to be, your cousin has to be on the other side, and there has to be like, r- like, people real estate between you like there has to be a lot of dicks and holes in between you and your cousin but i think you can both be there 
This did look like outside. a teenage orgy of kids who don't know how to orgy because yeah. everybody had all their undies on and they were just like necking. Yeah. Uh-huh. I was like, this is a 1950s Jimmy Stewart orgy. Because this God is forbid you see a boob. They'll even Satan have forbid. They'll even have an entire orgy, but you're not allowed to see a boob. It looked like it was going to start PG and end PG-13. Uh-huh. But still, Sabrina, like, is Sabrina disgusted with all this or is the show disgusted oh, with know. all this? Like, we can murder a witch at the end of the episode. She will cut her throat, commit suicide, right. and then everyone will literally eat her. But sex, ill. Yeah, it might be the violence versus sex that's wrong with America. Do you have a final countdown? Countdown? <laughs> no, no, no. I shouldn't just repeat any. If somebody starts talking while I talk, I'm just going to repeat what they say. You have a moment of the week? Yeah, they, they really put Blackwood on trial. It's an awkward dinner for him. And his wife does finally make him admit that Prudence is his daughter. And then Prudence is hype women. Uh-huh. Uh, say like, so are we your daughters? And he's like, no, you're orphans. And then just walks away. (laughs) (laughs) They are hurt. Uh, Mine is porno pizza. The guidance counselor who I guess gets to teach classes sometimes and give out homework assignments uh, orders pizza really because she wants to eat. The boy who is Ben from Riverdale who died. uh, It just looks like the start of a porno. And even the pizza kid is like, here's your pizza. Are we in a porno? (laughs) And I loved all of it. Should I put my dick in the middle of this? Uh, The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina is on Netflix. It is on all of the time, but we're going week by week. Next up, we have Riverdale. Uh, On this week's Riverdale, the gang is split up into three factions. Betty and Ethel have convinced the denizens of the SQM that the Gargoyle King is dead and the Griffin Queen is here. Meanwhile, Jug and Archie meet Gina Gersh's mom, who takes Penny off the map and calls the dads. Meanwhile, Ronnie and Cheryl have just taken their stand against the adults. Syrup boarding... Penny Blossom, and doing nothing to Hiram to make them both reveal that they are as villainous as everyone thought they were. Taste Buds, I ask you this. Taylor's totally way off about supernatural stuff going on, right? Yeah. Well, this this felt like the episode at least trying to confirm that that's the case. Like, they at least want us to feel that way. Is but this a rope-a-dope? It, well, it could be just because this show, that's what they do mm-hmm. all the time to, to like keep you guessing about what's going to happen. Like rope-a-doping us into thinking that the Black Hood reveal will be interesting? Yeah. <laughs> but I do feel like right now you have to put your money on supernatural stuff is not going on. I still hope that it is because I think that's more interesting than what they're building to right now. But they definitely, you're supposed to leave this episode thinking, yeah, it's just these drugs and it's just these girls being left in this room with a gargoyle and so they make up something called the gargoyle king that part makes sense to me actually the the fact that you can ruin people who have mental health issues already with meth uh-huh. and Statue. solitary i believe that that's uh but it's that the gargoyle king is still like talking to Hiram, and that it's a character we don't know yet yeah i, I still don't the supernatural pros if they went that way they could back off and say Hiram and mama blossom aren't that evil I don't know how they walk away from this season with them still being characters. Yeah. If they don't kill them, fuck you anytime it's you like, know, let's have dinner at the Blossoms. You know why? Because this is what I think they're ultimately going to do. I've been wondering, why is it the Gargoyle King? Like, why would you have that? It seems like a very specific name. And so then I got thinking about, like, what is a gargoyle? And a gargoyle is something they put on a building because it looks scarier than the evil spirits that mm. might come and try to hurt people. And I do feel like what's ultimately going to happen at the end of this is that 
you don't like our methods for what we're doing, but it's like a clear and present danger. We're holding the wall. This gargoyle thing keeps something else away. Cthulhu And is we'll out do there. whatever we can to keep the Elder Gods from mm-hmm. coming. And you have to do what it takes to keep this thing happy because you don't want to see what happens when that thing doesn't protect us anymore. Okay, so then let me get to my actual question that does not involve Taylor. With the rich and the older acting the way that they are against the young and idealistic, is the... Is this episode the most today's politics episode in Riverdale history? It feels like everybody is like, uh, it's got to be our way and it's got to be the old way. Yeah. And all these kids are striking back. And it makes sense that like there's a few, the poor working class are the ones who are siding with the kids. Right. They're like, actually, this way might be better. And when they say old way, they're talking about old school conservatism. that deals with like sacrificing people to keep eldritch gods yeah, in the day. That's like, the old yeah, that's as way. old school as it gets. But I mean, we're still talking about a wall, you know, like they're, they're like our literal wall that we're talking yeah. about. They have a yeah. lot of those going yeah. on in the show. And I think there's a lot of people that look at Republicans and think they're bad but they keep something way worse at bay through Mexicans. their being bad. And it's people who are not white and don't share our way of life, mm-hmm. whatever that means. But So we don't like them that do that, but they keep something much worse at bay. So yeah, I think maybe it, it is tied directly into modern politics. But in the meantime, while we're figuring out about like what this Gargoyle King, like the reasons for it existing, mm-hmm. and Hiram wants to be the king, then we also get like all these things about like how we want to keep children, you know, in line, and everybody's right. a Milford man and all that stuff. Better seen, not heard, mm-hmm. and hopefully not even seen. Yeah, with giving the Sisters of Quiet Mercy wards meth to... She's like, well, they're troubled, so we get them high and make them play D&D. <laughs> How does this help? And the other thing, too, with Hiram and Penelope and like comparing it to now is like we're, it's just sort of a conservative front. Like We want to keep peace, right? It's always about fear over hope which uh-huh. is literally said in this episode but also we're gonna take a teensy piece you know they're yeah. also filling up their bank account with all of this stuff gotta fill up the coffers mm-hmm. this episode ryan made me think of how much you love betty mm-hmm. i felt like this was like peak betty oh yeah like basically as good as betty gets you like the being awesome the having a plan the being ballsy uh the being manipulative when she has to be i thought we were looking at great she great is betty this here. show's captain america like yeah. she can inspire <laughs> everyone and she always has the best plan you know what I got thinking watching this episode? I wish Riverdale would, would maybe not be a show anymore because I hate Jughead and Archie. Mm-hmm. But there is a comic called Betty and Veronica, <laughs> and that yeah. is two of your strongest characters, and they just live in the same world and do basically the same stuff. Both of them crushed. When it went from one torture scene to the other torture scene, it's like, <laughs> they are best friends. Yeah. <laughs> they do everything in the same way. Can you imagine Betty calling Veronica that night, and Betty's like, oh my God, I tied someone to a chair. And Veronica's like, I, <laughs> I did too. Did you syrup board? No, I just used blades. Oh man, uh, syrup boarding. That's rough, you guys. Our version of that comic book, though, is the fast-forward button. Like, is that okay to watch a show like that and then come on the podcast and analyze? No. Like, can we just cut? So you should stop talking right now. Can we just cut Archie and Jughead out of our Riverdale? I like crazy Jughead, but unfortunately they are making him less and less crazy. He went from being obsessed with G&G to now, like, doing a deep dive on, like, why do people like D&D? Or G&G, excuse me, a different thing. What the fuck? A totally different thing. Um, but yeah, beside when he's not that way, they're the, they are the worst parts of the show. I'll tell you what the best, one of the best parts of the show is, uh, horny Kevin in ROTC. Uh-huh. 
Listen, I'm a straight just dude. high up on Fizzle I'm a straight dude. But if you were gay, it seems like ROTC, although dangerous, that would be the hottest fucking sex you could find. <laughs> just you and a bunch of other soldiers. Or super fit. Yeah. yeah. And like ducking into rooms to make out on the slide. Secrets oh, always man. make it hotter. Yeah. It's super good. What did Boys you guys were going to war. What did you guys think of Gargoyle Queen? The Griffin Betty? Queen? Griffin that was Queen, awesome. excuse me. Yeah, talk about why, how Betty's the Captain America and is she realizes, okay, Ethel can't just say, Ethel's like their GM and so she can yeah. say, here's what's going on. There needs to be some theatrics and a confident person doing this. I'm going to go cut the head off of a statue yeah. and throw it into the room. Betty, all the characters sort of know that they're on Riverdale. But Betty's the one who like rolls her eyes and uses it the most to her advantage. Uh-huh. So th- that's sort of where these yeah. uh, plans come from. Everybody else loses himself in the Riverdale. And Betty's always like, I know what this town needs. And never, other than Dark Buddy, Dark Betty season one, never loses herself in it. She I like Dark Buddy, though. I swear. Hey, Dark Buddy. I think that is, be- that is becoming the plot of the show. I really do think that the show becoming aware that they're all characters in a drama is becoming part of the show. What? So you said that? A couple weeks ago, and we all just let it slide. Yeah. Uh, show your work, sir. Uh, well, it's it's based on a lot of conjecture, but we do. Here's what we do know: we know this is a deeply weird town. Mm-hmm. We know that the weirdness is not something that is just a modern happenstance. That's what it seems like at first. Right. Like, oh, this is Riverdale in modern times, and that's why it's deeply messed up. But it's not. It's generational. Going back generations, everyone in this town has all come together at some point to kill somebody <laughs> for some reason. They have a reason they do it. And right now, that reason is being called the Gargoyle King. But there are things about this universe that they have hinted at, but never, ever explained. And I think that part of what it might be is, and here's a big part of it. When Jughead is narrating the D, what's going on in the G&G game, mm-hmm. it is literally going on somewhere right. else. He is literally changing the reality as he's speaking it into existence, which is his role on the show as a framing mechanism. He writes what happens, and then we watch what he has talked about. And then that's the intro and exit of every single episode. And then we see the character do it in this state where he doesn't know what's real and what's not anymore. The only other option is that uh, Jughead has been writing this the whole time, but actually... Dan Connor, his husband, died a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, that. I think it's that he is really with Veronica <laughs> and Archie is really with Betty, but he thought it would be better this way. I have watched shows that this allegedly is supposed to be like my entire life. Like, I've seen a lot of 90210, and mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys have heard about me and the OC, but I have a pretty tight relationship. You love it. And if you had to compare Riverdale to those two shows, is it closer to those two or Legends? It's closer to Legends. Yeah. And so that sort of feeds into right. Greg's theory, you know, like that something, somebody's going to look at the camera at some point. Yeah, and because I, I do think that, and I think that's why he's going crazy, and be, he's taking the mantle over from Hiram right now. That's Hiram's job, is to maintain the reality of this place, I think. Okay. And I think what it's going to be, ultimately, is it's going to be the last thing the show ever does. And when you do that, when you on your way out the door, when you say, yeah, we realize like that we are a drama and that we're all characters in it, it makes for the pacing and the weirdness of having these same people day in, day out have gone through all these things and all these weird meta-commentary lines about, like, hey, we're 16. Uh-huh. How come we have to, like, depose the mayor ourselves? <laughs> you know? Uh, it Suddenly, it's going to cast all that in a different yeah. light. And it's going to be like, no, they're like that because they're characters like, on a drama. Make us complicit. In the reality. Yeah. yeah, in the reality of it. And I don't know. I, I, I think there is a... 50% chance I'm right, a 
percent chance that that's the dumbest. Like if you said <laughs> that to the Riverdale writers, they would say you are the dumbest person ever. Well, let's save one percent for the writers all listen to the show, and yeah. now they're and now they do to, it. Yeah. Man, uh, that would be so cool. But I hope that's what they're doing because that's the most interesting move I think the that show could make long bananas. term. Yeah, and I think it would put it on a different level than it's been so far. It would a suddenly twin become peaks level. It's yeah. a Twin Peaksy show, and I know I've said that before. But if that if you make this move. That's what you're getting. You're getting an art piece at the end of all of it. The thing that I'm super nervous about is, like, let's say they do all of this in the fifth season, and that's the fifth season finale, and then they get picked up. Right. Yeah. And now the sixth you, season is just like a well, link later before the, sunset. You have like, to have the ball to just stop. But, you know, or, the, see, kind of what I think is going on, which is crazy, I guess, is that every generation makes themselves forget by killing somebody. So uh, if you watch them all become aware they, that they all see that they're on the Truman Show, but then you watch them decide that they can't handle that, that they're like Cypher from the Matrix and they have to go <laughs> back in, and so they do the thing and they kill Dilton Doily or whatever, and then you watch them forget, and then in the next season, they just start being Riverdale again, <laughs> that would be such a weird feeling for the show. It's so crazy to like, do the show with Taylor and Greg and listen to them give this show so much more credit in uh-huh. two <laughs> very different ways. Yeah, I, I think the writers are constantly like, how are we going to get out of this? <laughs> We've been doing this yeah. Adderall and writing for 17 <laughs> hours a day for wanna, three months. I want to ask one boring question before we have to get move on from Riverdale. Uh, Jellybean and, and the mom moved away because she wanted to get away from gang life. Yeah. If you found out she just started a new gang, wouldn't you be the most <laughs> pissed in the fucking world? I mean... All of our moms have wanted to say this to us, but never have. I don't like you. I don't like you yeah. as a person, right? Like, all three of our moms. This is basically Jughead's mom saying that shit. Do you have a moment of the week? Uh, yeah, my moment of the week, bear with me here while I think of what it is, um, is uh, they're talking about, like, uh, Betty is talking, or no, excuse me, Veronica's talking about, like, their life and how it's gotten. And she says, uh, it's not like we're on the show Narcos, <laughs> but uh, because she's a... F- Spanish ancestry. She, she says hits, it. She yeah. says narco. Yes. It felt racist how hard she said it. <laughs> she was doing an impression of someone doing an impression of Antonio yeah. Banderas. Like it was hardcore. Oh, you went to Cuba for a week and now you're gonna do this for a while. <laughs> and what's the new season or what's the new series? Is it Narcos North of the Border or something? Mexico or Narcos Mexico. Narcos Mexico. My moment of the week is I always love a uh, a new Thora Birch. And I sort of think that's what we got with Jelly Bean. We have our generation's oh, yeah. Thora Birch. And she had, I don't, I don't think it was that great of an introduction, but it was better than Gina Gershon. Like, eh, that was yeah. whatever. She had a rough, yeah. Yeah. She had a rough performance. Uh, she sort of stopped acting for a long time, and we can see that now. Uh, but I think Jellybean's line of where Skeet uh, says, can I get a hug? Yes. And she says, can I get a dad? Ooh, Boom, dad! Yeah. And you know... She's been sitting on that for five oh, years, yeah. and it's still killed. I want to see all the poorer versions of that line she wrote in her head. Trash can full of crumpled up papers. <laughs> uh, mine is just a, is a quiet moment is the head nun is surveying the cafeteria, and Betty just creeps up behind her and has like one of those novelty pencils at her throat. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking loved it. I'll cut you. Riverdale is on Wednesday nights on the CW. We do have to take a break, but when we come back, it's every other show that came out. Next up, we have... Titans? This week on Titans, we get a little insight into the backstory of Hawk and Dove, because that's what we needed. And it turns out that Hawk was molested as a child to save his brother from the same fate. And then the brother died in an accident that also claimed the life of Dove's mom. So the two decide to team up and kill the molester, 
and then they get naked and do it afterwards. Well, that's now, what you got to do. But Greg, real quick, and you have not asked your question yet, and I apologize yeah. for that, but this is a superhero show. This is a TV show based on a mainstream comic. Literally naked? Uh, yeah, because, you know, I'm a big, I, like, track this, mm-hmm. and I'm like, show me a boob on one of these fucking shows. Um, what they did was very, very heavy shadowing. Mm. You, when she takes her clothes off, you do see her butt for one second, and then when all she, his dick, and then when he takes his clothes off, you see his butt for like one second, heavily, heavily shadowed, and then you can't see like the front of them, but you do literally see both male and female butts, and they're both very fit people. I love butts, so yeah, of no matter the kind, all butts. And yeah, you cannot lie. I cannot. So lie. that that's pretty good. My moment of the week is when um, they need to find out where this molester is, so they search online. But then they get super bogged down because they go to yourpopfilter.com. And there's so much delightful material on yourpopfilter.com that they almost forget that they have to go track down this molester. there and are then no t- molesters on yourpopfilter.com. Yeah, they're at zero. But when you go there, you might get distracted from whatever else you're doing online and forget to go kill a molester before having sex with your partner. Well, that's Titans, which is on DC Universe. Comes out once a week on it does. It comes, Fridays. It comes out once a week. Like a show. Black Lightning is up next. All right. This week on Black Lightning, in an underwhelming finale, Jen nurses a poisoned Khalil back to health while fighting off Cutter, who is coming to finish the duo off. Lynn tries to track the two down by talking to Khalil's family, while Gamby, Anissa, and Jefferson look for her by mostly arguing and hovering in place. Tobias, instead of pressing the advantage he just gained by figuring out the identity of Black Lightning, is doing that thing again where he woos a potential new bad guy with, like, a very long-term play to maybe one day make this guy named Todd Green an ally for whatever reason. Green light! Gentlemen, I ask you this. Is it time to give up on Black Lightning? This was the mid-season finale. The thing that I was thinking is that, like, uh, big dumb shows will have a big, huge season finale. But, like, if you're cool and independent and you're different, then that would be lame to do. So you have, like, a, you know, like, nothing happens in our midseason finale. Is that what they're trying to do here? <laughs> I mean, we're like, too cool for Almost that. literally nothing happens in this. Um, it's very much becoming a show about this, I guess, forbidden romance between Khalil and Jen. But for most of the episode, she's just, like, nursing him back to health. And he's like, oh, I feel awful because I'm poisoned. Um, <laughs> Tobias, again, like, he just figured out who Black Lightning probably is. It's like the writers of this episode didn't realize that's how the writers of the other episode were going to end it. And so they didn't engage with it at all. And in fact, all Tobias does is he hangs out in a club while God Holly performs. And he talks. <gasps> He's to, on the show? He He's God on Holly? the show, yeah. He's on the show performing. How'd he, he do? He doesn't, he doesn't have a ton of stage presence, to be honest. I, I, like, He's one of these new SoundCloud rappers that doesn't even... You gotta make your bones out on the circuit. Yeah. Well, to be fair, God Holly is a leg with googly eyes. So it's hard to have... Yeah, you know, You're not Freddie Mercury out That's there. True. Yeah, just one leg. And he fell down halfway through and yeah. he couldn't oh, get back sad. up. Um, but for whatever reason, Tobias is clearly doing this thing where he's wooing a new person who is going to help him develop a power or is going to have powers himself. And it, so you just watch him talk to this guy in a club for the entire episode and it's just no plot line goes anywhere. Lynn tries to track down Khalil, but then she ends the episode just crying about how she misses Jen. It it, like, it just, uh, Jefferson spends the whole time like literally hovering and looking (laughs) around because he's like, if I use my electric vision, I can find Jen. And then there's one scene where he's like, 
oh, you know what? I'm not looking at the. I'm not looking on the right frequencies. I'm going to look on different <laughs> frequencies. Like it, it, it was kind of an embarrassing. People really want the boring parts of superheroics. So real ass police work. Yeah, like the of, wire. You kind of watch them do the work, like in the wire. I am right on the edge of, of giving this up. I almost and that's saying a lot. Yeah, I almost didn't watch it this week because we had a lot to watch, and because I, I was like, ah, oh, I'm losing it for this show. And then for this to be the mid season finale, that's why I watched it because I was like, you might as well see how it goes out. Tobias Whale is not interesting. Um, I, I don't, honestly don't even think Jefferson's interesting anymore. The girls would be interesting, but they just keep doing the same plot lines over and over again. So. I think you should give it up because if you do, it goes right to Mike. And that's funny. <laughs> uh, Mike, last week you were not on the show. No. And was Greg was taught. We all watched Black Lightning. And Greg brought yes. up a character named Tobias uh-huh. and looked at me because he said, like, a, he made a point and wanted me to respond. And I was like, Tobias a coffee. I liked that. The way that he <laughs> looked at me. Oh my God. Uh, Did you get a demerit? Because not only is there no joke there in what I said, but I also ruined a joke from his past. <laughs> now you can't remember that old joke. I thought he was going to haul off on me. Greg, do you have a moment Instead of the week? he just floated. Uh, I do have a moment of the week, though. Um, I, I kind of want to do two, so I'm going to cheat a little bit. There's a part where Gamby and Jefferson are... Four hard. minutes alone isn't enough. He Gam- has two moments of the week. Gamby and Jefferson are talking about what, how they should proceed, and Jefferson wants to take off, and Gamby just keeps grabbing Jefferson by the jacket while Jefferson tries to fly away, and he, <laughs> he holds him in place, and Jefferson tries like four times, and every time Gamby's like, no, stop, and just grabs his jacket. The other one is, and this is actually a real moment of the week that was cool, they say that Cutter, who is a knife thrower like Bullseye, that she's a low-level tenet- telekinetic, and that's kind of cool. Like that she, is cool. She barely has this power, and so she has to use it in a very nuanced way. And I thought that was awesome. The show did nothing with it and probably never will. <laughs> but that is cool. Yeah. Black Lightning's on Tuesday nights on the CW. I like how Gamby is all the worst aspects <laughs> of The Wizard of Oz with none you, of the cool stuff. You should see this, though, because Jefferson does that thing where he like he does the Iron Man flying where the uh-huh. thing comes out of his hand. So he has to stand there and do like a real pretty pose. And so he keeps going like, I'm going. And he does it. <laughs> and then he flies. And Gamby just steps forward and grabs both the arms of his jacket. And he's like, Jefferson, no. And for some reason, Jefferson can't fly away, even though he's a superhero. So he's like, Gamby, let me let go of me. And Gamby's like, OK. And then he does it again <laughs> right away. And Gamby grabs him again. He's like, stop. What are you doing? Your next show is The Daredevil. On the eighth episode of the third season of Daredevil, Matt and Nadine team up to see if Dex really is the man who will become Bullseye. Meanwhile, Karen decides to go into Wilson Fisk's posh-ass jail cell with the plan of getting him to attack her, so he'll be put in a non-posh jail. All she actually does is confirm for Fisk that Matt Murdock is Daredevil. Whoops. Good job, Karen. Whoops. <laughs> Taste buds ask you this. Do we buy Karen's desperation to get shit done and fix the city? Or is she actually just a goddamn idiot? I think what I buy is that Karen has nothing left here. We've learned That's the most that her family cut her off forever ago. Uh, she no longer works with her two best friends. Her first mentor died. Her second mentor just fired her. I buy it. Like she did. I, I do like that they reminded us more subtly than a lot of shows that she killed somebody in season one. That she's never been stable, and this is actually her true north is fucking shit up. I but in a way that I used to not like Karen, and this season I totally buy what she's doing. I don't agree with her, but as a character, I'm like, yeah. How are you going to just ping pong and ruin everybody else's plans? You're Karen for Karen. I'm Karen for Karen. I wonder if there's a little bit of Jeremy Davies in her What's from th- Elseworlds, the bad guy from Elseworlds. Okay. Of like. It shouldn't just be superpowered people. Right. Like I like 
I wasn't lucky enough to be blinded by a truck right. of ooze. I want to get shit done too. And, and yeah, I do think she has that when she she went and fought the cat callers a couple episodes ago. I think the minute anybody tells her don't do this, she's gonna pull out her giant gun and say, "I'm gonna do what I want to do." And she somehow fits a bazooka in her purse, oh, it's which is so impressive. Big. It's Mary Poppins bag. She only uses for guns. But yeah, uh, the other week she tried to threaten some like attorney of mm-hmm. kingpins or something like she went in and said like fixer i'm gonna fuck you up and she's gonna like uh, and he said i know where every single yeah. family member of yours lives here's and their I will sh- kill them. socials here's their work schedules and that rocked her yeah but is she also learning like okay that was my training montage right i will go in better next time but slightly better until fi- and foggy said every step he, i think he was was he saying it to marcy or was it to karen you think you have a plan and then he already planned for your plan. Yeah. There's nothing we can outdo. And that's Fisk's superpower in this show. Right. And I think that's well established in comic books and Into the Spider-Verse. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse in theaters now. It's just brute strength. Right. Right. Uh, and the willingness to do anything. But in this one, like, he is three-dimensional chess, blah, blah, blah. Well, when you're in jail, except for a thousand video cameras around the city, yeah, you can outplan everybody else. <laughs> and also, although I don't think that Vincent D'Onofrio has 0% body fat and is all muscle, mm-hmm. he could fucking throw her around like she was she could have died when foggy said he could snap you like a twig for sure she's the skinniest person in the world and he is much bigger than her he could have snapped her in half i gotta say i I, yeah i'm with you like i don't agree with her Uh but i think i can justify her actions just barely and it does make it interesting especially if everybody else is in the corner brooding which is typical for a marvel netflix show i also i like i think this this season is also fixing foggy it makes sense both of these saw what matt did disagreed with him but they're like but I can fix things my way. But they are bumbly because Matt is also a bumbly superhero. Yeah, he's only fucked up, so it makes sense that his sidekicks would fuck up on their own adventures. Yeah, I think that the uh, most Matt or the most Daredevil moment of this entire run is Matt like heavy breathing through the hall, the first hallway fight, uh-huh. and that's what he sort of does through the entire show. Uh, I did that weird thing with moment of the week where I picked not like a second, but in a general, I picked Foggy. Like, okay, I was just watching it, and I realized through this entire season. I am rooting for him, yeah, and I, I'm not pissed when he's on camera, and it's because he's not the goofy sidekick anymore. No, yeah, he's, he doesn't want to be funny. He wants to get shit done. So Foggy's big thing is uh, DA Tower is like meeting with some union, which is what a name, what a name. He should be the <laughs> DA. Listen to that name. <laughs> Uh, and he's giving a speech, and Foggy's a member of the union, so he's like, "I'm allowed to talk," and they're like, "This isn't a debate." He's like, "I don't give a shit." And he starts like calling him out until he realizes why Karen was supposed to come and like record it to write a, a paper. Uh, I guess an article they call it, <laughs> which I believe is the second time in this episode Foggy had a like Jeff Goldblum mm-hmm. plot realization. Well, the first time it's when he was looking through Marcy's briefs, right? In more ways than one. Oh, that was the first Foggy joke that I wanted to high five him for because that's only to gross out your friends. Uh, but yeah, that whole scene was great, and Eldritch Moss or whatever his name is, I think, is doing very well in this version of Foggy. Yeah, we now, we're, we're, we now have three characters that we're bouncing around, and all though they're never equal in the same episode, they're never all good. Right. Um, at least they're doing a thing, you know? And when uh, we're not with one of them, we get Dex creepily vacuuming in the Daredevil outfit, which is <laughs> what I'm going to shiver jerk off to. It was terrifying. <laughs> and the way that Dex does that is he puts on the Daredevil outfit and just stands on a Roomba and <laughs> just rides around the room without making a face. Does he like video record it and say like, would you fuck me? <laughs> yes. I'd fuck me. And Wait. then he listens to it over and over and over <laughs> again. Uh, so that's your moment of the week is just foggy? I just, yeah. I, like, I'm not upset that he's on screen anymore. Uh, mine is the split second face Karen makes when she realizes Foggy was right, Fisk is two steps ahead, and 
she just gave away that Matt is Daredevil. That face was the best <laughs> acting of Whoops. the week. It was so good. I mean, the other thing that we could say about Karen is that she is like obsessed with, I don't know, the thrill. Like mm-hmm. the her adrenaline levels between the ages of zero through twenty seven and then twenty seven through twenty seven and a half, that has to be very right. different. Like she is she has a crazy life now. I think once you kill your brother, you just want that thrill again. You're gonna hunt it. Daredevil's on Netflix all the time. We're watching it week by week. You're Number one show of the week is Legends of Tomorrow. This week on Legends of Tomorrow, we finally get an opportunity to see what versions of our heroes from other dimensions would be like if they crossed over into one another. Also, finally, we get to see what evil versions of these characters might look like. Also, also, finally, we get a show that is basically three different shows, Custodians of Chronology, Sirens of Space-Time, and Puppets of Tomorrow, all crammed into one epic adventure that changes everything. Charlie Constantine and Kat Zari jump all over this season's timeline, trying to set it to rights, but they keep failing, which leads to crew members dying and causing the present to be full of alternate legends bent on killing monsters and stealing the spotlight from the Elseworlds event. A tour de force of entertainment. This week's show asks the important question, can an entire episode be a moment of the week? Gentlemen, <laughs> did we just see the best episode of Legends yet? And did it manage to outshine the big CW event that it sat out? I mean, is this the best episode of Legends or is this the best episode of, like, is this better than Teddy Perkins? Like, is this... This is better than any episode of any show that we have watched for, for Superhero Hour Hour. He's forgetting about the Powerless Pilot. That was <laughs> oh, so hilarious. What, what it did. <laughs> yeah. What that did. Uh, this was basically the perfect episode of a TV show, especially if you talk about it in terms of, like, what do you set out to do and mm. what do you make as your goal? This achieves its goal in basically every single line every single beat of this show and it's all to say we are better than the three other shows that are crossing over and even though that's spiteful it is so fun i think there's a little bit of on purpose but there's a lot of eh, it's just this is how we do it's how we do we only know one speed which is perfect i do think uh if legends is always different than the other shows and the more they embrace it the better they get but it's also why they are not as popular because people the mass populace is stupid so if you're going to go toe-to-toe with the big crossover, and it makes sense. It makes sense for Legends to do it. It makes sense for the other three to say, nah, we're doing our own thing. Like, it's less busy. They do three different you, So you sequence. have to come to play. And Legends has had, like, weaker episodes, or, but this season is fucking amazing. But yeah, to encapsulate and play with, the, it's all on purpose. And so to know what the big big pop is going to do uh-huh. and fuck with it in your own way is hilarious and they do sort of shout it out directly right they they talk about there's a bunch of messages from all the other superheroes yeah. and they say that's a hard pass on the annual crossover they just say that no it's not they say right. that it's nate chomping gum in that fucking outfit <laughs> tough nate that says it. a team nate a team nate and like with a show like this we want to talk about how like uh they cater to the uh, full-time fans, but then also it's fine if you you know you never seen it before. Uh-huh. This one, no. I don't know what it'd be like if you've never seen it before, but in in a lot of the same way of like the first twenty-five minutes of Elseworlds, where like Barry and Ollie, you need to have watched their right. entire relationship, and that's okay. This show is just nonstop jokes to all the fucking lovers out there. Like, yeah. This was all for us. Although I do have to say, with the three different intros, if you were a fan of '80s and late 70s television, uh-huh. then that the intros for the Custodians of Chronology, which is the A-Team, the Sirens of Space Time, which is Charlie's Angels, and the Puppets of Tomorrow, which is just Sesame Street. If 
you liked that era of TV, you, I don't think, have to have seen an episode of this show to appreciate the mastery that those three of, intros of those give segments. You. But I do think so. The jokes are one very inside baseball, and I there is character growth happening. So if you've never seen, but I think we're in an era of television. Fuck you for jumping in here. You have Netflix. Sure. Okay. Start over. <laughs> but I think the cooler, weirder thing is that I don't know how many, like, what percentage of the audience has seen the A Team and Charlie's right. Angels before. Like, I've literally never seen an episode of either one of those shows, but they have been parodied uh-huh. so much yeah. since they came out that like this all clicked for have me. Have you seen Knight Rider, Chips, Airwolf? No, 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 dude. An incredible Did they Hulk? crossover. These are like the seventies and eighties were a, like a specific really weird moment in TV where you. You know, did something. You punched a guy, and you looked at the camera, and yes. you smiled, and it said your name below it. And I, uh, for a lot of things, I would say like, "Oh, this has been satired so much mm-hmm. that like I'm done with it." But it all had that legend spin, right? Where I was like, "Oh no, more, 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 more." And and to figure out that, so they all have core personalities, but they all become killers now. It's creepy that they're like, "Our friends died, so now we kill people," but we're still cracking wise. That was more disturbing than if they were like hard, gritty, dark. Uh-huh. <laughs> and they're just like, "Well, we're gonna kill everybody," but. <laughs> Yeah, they're all basically one other crew member, one or two other crew members away, dying away from just becoming killers. It's true. They're not who heroes. Who bathe then. in the blood of their enemies. I will, I mean, like that's interesting, but I will say that the true North is only kept with uh, John and Zari and non, Charlie. not Charlie. That's where we right. get... Everybody else is just whatever the scene calls for. Like, yeah. there's no way... There's no amount of people that could die that... Where uh, Brandon Routh would start killing people. Yeah, it is, <laughs> and this is dumb. Uh, it is a cartoon and own it. It's uh, and maybe because they're the oldest characters and from Arrow days when him and Sarah were doing. It, I was like, well, they nothing could happen to change who they are. Like everybody <laughs> else, I do think is on a gradient, but no. Okay, so Charlie plays three different people in this episode. I had to keep reminding myself that if if she is pretending to be the character, that that same actor is doing it. Because I was like, man, this actress is doing She's a great so job in these people. Okay, well, you have wig blindness, right? Yeah. I'm surrounded by wig blindness. But uh, <laughs> she, let's compare. She's Ava for like two seconds, and it doesn't. She doesn't have a lot to say. But she does a Sarah Lance and a Gary on Her, Gary scene. The, the Gary on Gary, that that creepy smile, a creepy smile, and Gary could be serious. That's crazy. Uh-huh. But yeah, watching. I think the Gary's the best because she's reacting to real Gary like we all react to real Gary. He says something. And she she's like, Yeah, I guess, dude. I don't know. Whatever you want to Is happen. It, oh, because you're me from the future. Yeah. If that sure, makes you feel but. better about talking to yourself right now. <laughs> That's great. But also, Sarah Lance, she just has like one or two lines, but just trying to call a meeting. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Like, and meanwhile, everyone she's trying to have a meeting with thinks that that person's dead, so they know that she's a shapeshifter. I thought that worked very well. Uh, or Charlie just delivering the line where she's pretending to be, I guess she pretended to be one other person. I forgot. She pretended to be Amaya. And oh, they're yeah. like, Amaya, how's Zambezi? And she's like, oh, Zambezi's good. Zambezi's good. Zambezi's super chill. <laughs> yeah, I think Amaya would never say. <laughs> This, this village chill. in Africa that's always barely getting <laughs> by. Yeah, it's super, super chill. chill. <laughs> if we can make it a competition, I thought the puppets were good, but uh-huh. somehow Legends has puppeted me out. Like they've done that a <laughs> too, lot. Too many puppets. Uh, the first two though, the sirens yeah. and the, the custodians. The custodians. My God. 
Just perfection. The, oh, uh, I think the whole thing was topped by Fairy Godmother joining up with Mick. Yeah. That, like, three seconds was amazing. That was the perfect three seconds. But watching them all just be in shitty TV on a quote-unquote shitty TV yeah. show. Like, yeah. double shitty TV was amazing. Their names as worse code names. <laughs> and then Gideon's just real for some reason. Don't think about it at all. And I've never loved John Constantine, but, like, drunk John Constantine hanging out with Kat Zari. He and he starts petting her, and he goes, oh, you're all soft. Dude, now, that's he said a good that, line. and then the cat, like, yeah, the cat the got a touch to You have two cats at your house. Yeah. Have you ever talked to your cat in a drunken state, and sh- the cat lifted up a paw and patted your yeah, arm? Yeah, it's weird. They do that. Like, if they want yeah. your attention, they'll reach out, and they'll touch you. Like, hey, start petting me. <laughs> so, like, they just clearly... But it's was, for selfish reasons. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. It means pay attention to me. Like, that's all... Everything a cat does just means pay attention to and me. And then at one point, like, after Constantine is so drunk that he's forgot that it's fucking Zari... He's just holding it. Is <laughs> yeah. that weird? Like, is Zari just in there? Like, oh, yeah. oh, this is gross. Please stop doing this. I think Zari is underrated. Or I, I don't talk to anybody but you fucks about this show, so maybe she's not. But she isn't a big personality, but she gets some zingers in there. And because she used to hate what the legends do, but she buys in, uh-huh. I find her very interesting. So when she's the one second she's allowed to be human, and she just says, she's like, I have a hairball because of you dicks. That made me laugh so uh-huh. hard. She doesn't get to make a lot of jokes. She killed it. And Legend's really hitting that dicks word hard. Yeah, you, they yeah, really like the dick. You can tell that's their now? new toy. They're allowed to say dicks, and so but they're going to use it as much as possible. That's a funny line on paper. I think Zari's saying, uh, my tongue went places. places. That was good. Mm-hmm. That was definitely a good line. Uh, did you guys see the uh, tweeted picture of all of the possible titles? Uh-uh. No. They had like a whole whiteboard full of titles. <laughs> And let's be honest, Legends of to Meow Meow is probably uh-huh. the best. A lot of them were very dumb, but uh, Days of Future Cats. That's, that, that's not bad. Why didn't they? And then, ha- oh, that would have been great. Uh, are they setting up to have Gideon be like the Janet of this show? I feel like they've kind of made Gideon, first they gave her like a VR head, and then in this episode they actually like, no, now she's a projected being. We've seen her before. This is like the third time yeah. we've oh, seen okay. her. Yeah, like once a once season in while, maybe. Once in a while in that actress's contract, she's like, you, I know my voice Can is you put great. me in Can it? Can I be there? I'm hot. And I think they in part had her in it so that when you saw that she was one of the angels, yeah. you knew who she was. But I got beyond that, the fact that she's just a computer and then also a lady, I very much got a Janet feel off of her. Her phrasing, and mm. I just felt like they're maybe going to go that direction. Well, I mean, this show's been out for a little bit longer than other shows. This is the original Janet. Oh, and I guess the good so. place is ripping off a much better I guess show. So. They're getting Janet. Do you have a moment of the week? Uh, for me, the moment of the week is in the second intro for Sirens of Space Time uh, when they're introducing the characters. Um, Ava and um, Sarah Lance are just driving along in a car, and it's, v- it's a very 70s car, very 70s shot. But. And it- but they're making out, oh, yeah. <laughs> and it's just so stupid because that's such a dangerous, <laughs> dumb thing to do. And also, because I'm a dumb person, I can't help but also think that it's hot. And so then the joke is on me because <laughs> yeah, it's the, dumb, it's the most ridiculous thing. And uh, yeah, it was just the perfect self-own there. Ryan? Sirens is better than Custodians. Sirens yeah. was the best. But uh, this is not my moment of the week, but jumping off Greg... Um, they to like <laughs> to add the legends feel, you know, because this has been satirized a billion times. They have to go through all of their motions, uh-huh. and by doing that, uh, I, I I think that Charlie's about to like murder them. But she's like yoink, and then just runs yeah. out of the room because <laughs> they have they have like all their poses to do. My moment of the week is actually like a the and know. she's like you'll never get away, and then she's like oh crap, I got away. <laughs> this is not the best. This is the worst moment of the week. Oh, uh, the very last second of the thing, uh, guys. Just so you know, uh, trypophobia is a thing. Okay, I don't know if you have it. I don't know if you've heard of it, but 
things with a bunch of little holes and maybe yeah. tiny things are in the holes. That's a fucked up thing to look at. And uh, John Constantine's boyfriend. Oh yeah. At the very end is, is actually a demon. He's playing golf with Hank. He's playing yeah golf with Biff and. He shows us his demon face, yeah. and his demon face is just a bunch of fucking burning Hornets holes. Nest. He's got, like, big pores. Yes, and that is fucking horrifying <laughs> yeah. to me. He's going to need, like, one of those strips to help empty those pores <laughs> So out. many strips. Yeah. It's just strips like, on strips. strips all over. I think one will handle it. Maybe do a mask, like those weird panda masks. My, I love this panda Smoke mask. It. I only shave so I can get the full <laughs> feel of that mask. Uh, my moment of the week is, it's one line, and it's from the, the Siren's but Sarah Lance at some point says, we're up to our peaches and magical creatures. Oh, yeah. peaches, and yeah. And that tickled me to no end. Legends of Tomorrow is on Monday nights on The CW. Those, that's the show. Those are the shows that's and the that is thing. the show. Is that the most epic superhero of all time? Yes. That was Yo, a big one, dude. Man, I, when I realized Legends was so good and I, then I realized we were going to talk about Spider-Man and they all kind of had the same thing where it's like dimensional nonsense and <laughs> basically they all killed it. I mean, Spider-Man was the best, Legends was a close second and Elseworlds was like good. But I mean, most weeks that would have been the best thing that happened. The other thing too is that Elseworlds, Legends, and Spider-Man all hit that thing really Everyone does it a little bit all the time but really hard of that's not a hero this is a uh-huh. hero so yeah crazy show if they wanted to get more podcasts from us greg what could the listeners do they could go to apple podcasts or google play and search for your pop filter or superhero hour hour or movie of the year or writer's block or taylor talking taylor or the ocd and, but that's it those are the only shows that, that's it we're lazy Just, yeah <laughs> that's all Spodcast, we're doing Netflix. Yeah, not Pop those podcast. We don't need no. to dig into the past. Our deep pulls. Ryan, if they wanted to support us while they're doing their Christmas shopping, how could the Filterinos do that? Oh my God, just put money in our mailbox. Yeah, dude, just, just pretend stop like we're by. those Santas with the bells. Or if you live farther away than uh, Buena Park. Buena Park. Because uh, that's our, our studio's in Burbank. Burbank, but we are how our homes are in Buena Park. Then go just to own a cul-de-sac. We all are neighbors. <laughs> yourpotfilter.com slash Amazon. Make that your new Amazon bookmark. And every time you shop from that new bookmark, we get a little bit of Christmas cheer. If you want to hit us up, find us on Twitter at your pop filter. If you want to email us, if you hated everything that we had to say, but you loved Titans. <laughs> <laughs> email us at contact at yourpopfilter.com or scream at us at 1562-DR-DJ-POP. That is a robot associate. He puts your voice on this very show. One of his arms is a... Pervy football coach. His other arm is a... Minka Kelly's boobs. <laughs> yeah, he's a disgusting human thing. That's robot. gross. But what a gross combo. 1562-DR-DJ-POP. That is the show. Next week, we were talking about the Sabrina Winter Special... Solstice. It's a real fucking British thing that Netflix is bringing over. Let's just do a winter episode. Yeah, but in the middle of a season? Yeah, Like, that's we're only weird. eight episodes Don't in. they know how we watch the show? It is weird. Like, Doctor Who does this, and it'll be, like, the yeah. only episode for a calendar year. It's just the Christmas episode. So that's what we're doing. We're going <laughs> to jump out of the Sabrina continuity. normal continuity. And with Sabrina, will just be like, unmerry un-Christmas. Yes. Let's, <laughs> let's hang a non-ornament. <laughs> it just says Happy Hanukkah. That's what you're trying to say. <laughs> But uh, yeah, that's the show. So, uh, late tro. Missile fingers. <laughs> <laughs>